and welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health topics in our community and things of interest to students across the university. My name is Mina Napavi, and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the UAB School of Public Health. Today, we are joined by Tim Pennycuff, who is the Assistant Director of Historical Collections and the University Archivist at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Pennycuff is an Associate Professor with the Lister Hill Library and has been at UAB since 1993. UAB Archives is the official repository for the university and seeks to advance knowledge concerning the origins, mission, and programs of UAB. In addition to UAB records, personal papers, and corporate collections, and other materials that are not university records are also collected to document UAB's role in the city, the state, and in the health sciences environment. Earlier this year, a group of students traveled to the Republic of Panama as part of a study abroad course to explore population health. Before their travels, they met with Tim to learn about Alabama's connection with Panama. The relationships and connections were so strong and interesting that we wanted to invite Tim to the School of Public Health to share some of the stories with our listeners and subscribers. So thank you, Tim, for being here today and taking time out of your schedule to talk about not only some of the historical, but current ties between Alabama and the country of Panama. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So I think the first thing that people think about when they hear Panama is the Panama Canal. And there were several people with ties to Alabama who played key roles in the construction of the canal. Probably the most widely known is Dr. William Gorgas. Can you share a bit about his life? He was born in Alabama, right? Correct. Uh, Gorgas was born in Mobile County, the son of the commandant of the Mount Vernon Arsenal, who was a native of Pennsylvania, and of the daughter of a former governor of Alabama. So Gorgas came from a mixed marriage, we might say. Gorgas graduated from uh, the Bellevue Hospital Medical School in New York, and then he joined uh, the U.S. Army Medical Corps in 1880. While he was stationed in Texas, Dr. Gorgas contracted a mild case of yellow fever, and once recovered, he had an immunity to the disease. Uh, Eventually, he became the chief sanitary officer in Havana, Cuba, where he established strict sanitation rules that led to the decline in the instances of various diseases. In 1904, Gorgas was sent to the Canal Zone in Panama. And in 1908, he was elected president of the American Medical Association and in 1914 was appointed Surgeon General of the U.S. Army. He retired from the Army in 1918. In 1920, he was headed to work on yellow fever in Africa on behalf of the Rockefeller Foundation when he had a stroke in London, England, and he died there after a brief hospitalization. His body was returned to the U.S., and Gorgas is buried in the Arlington National Cemetery. Wow. So he had quite a career. Yes, indeed. So after his time in Cuba, like you mentioned, he was called to Panama due to the overwhelmingly high numbers of deaths due to malaria and yellow fever. What was his role with the canal project, and what measures did he implement to help prevent these illnesses? Well, Gorgas was responsible for sanitation in the canal zone, meaning ultimately that his team was charged to clear the zone from the conditions that allowed for the growth of the mosquitoes. 
By the time the Americans left for Panama, Dr. Walter Reed had already proven that a mosquito actually transmitted yellow fever. So with this new knowledge, Gorgas's team drained ponds and swamps, they fumigated areas, they constructed water systems, including uh, for drinking water and for sewers, and they encouraged the use of insect netting for even more protection. The work of Gorgas and his team drastically decreased the instances of illnesses and deaths among the workers, which allowed for the final completion of the canal. Before the Americans had arrived in Panama, the French, a lot of people don't know, but the French had also attempted to construct the canal, but the death rate of the workers was so high, at times it was up to 200 deaths per month, that the French lost thousands of workers and they eventually abandoned the project entirely. Now, there were some also uh, engineering and financial issues with the project, but the death and disease rate was the huge factor in France's withdrawal from the project. So Dr. Gorgas, while primarily known for his work in Panama, really wasn't the only person with Alabama ties that worked on eradicating these diseases from the canal zone. Lloyd Nolan was also part of that team that traveled to Panama with Gorgas, right? Correct. Uh, Nolan was with the first group of the American physicians who traveled with Gorgas in 1904. He worked first in the Canal Hospital, but was later with the sanitation program that Gorgas oversaw. And eventually, Nolan became the chief surgeon at the Cologne Hospital in Panama. Uh, he remained there until 1913 when he was recruited back to the States for a position with the Tennessee Coal, Iron, and Railroad Company, known as TCI, in Fairfield, Alabama. And so he was not originally from Alabama. Um, so can you share a bit about his work in Fairfield? Dr. Nolan uh, came back and used the skills that he had learned in Panama to clean up TCI's mine and mill towns here in Jefferson County. Uh, some historians claim that the industrial towns in Jefferson County were as infested with mosquitoes as Nolan had found in Panama. Most of them also lacked uh, clean water sources or working sewers, so smallpox, typhoid, dysentery, etc. were all common illnesses in these communities. Nolan had his hands full. Mm -hmm. Uh, he opened health clinics in the towns, and he began education programs to teach sanitary practices. Nolan eventually hired some three dozen physicians and nurses for the TCI Health Department. After the First World War was over, Nolan convinced the company to open a hospital in Fairfield for the company's workers, and that was eventually renamed in his honor as the Lloyd Nolan Hospital. And that hospital operated until uh, 2004. Today, Nolan is still remembered as a pioneer in industrial medicine and industrial health. I would venture to say that he would not have done what he did here in Jefferson County had it not been for his experiences in Panama. Wow, that's so interesting how conditions were similar in Jefferson County as they were in very tropical Panama. Well, uh, it can be very tropical it in can. Jefferson <laughs> County. It can. So the Gorgas Memorial Laboratory was established in Panama as part of the Gorgas Memorial Institute of Tropical and Preventative Medicine in 1921, named so for Dr. Gorgas's work on yellow fever and its prevention in the Panama Canal Zone. 
1992, the Gorgas Memorial Institute was moved to UAB to carry on its tradition of research, service, and training. Can you speak about some of the initiatives at UAB that came out from this incorporation? Well, at UAB, the Gorgas course in clinical tropical medicine is a joint program between our School of Medicine and the Tropical Medicine Institute in Lima, Peru. Currently, there are two distinct tracks of study. There's a diploma course targeted to clinicians and nurses who need experience in tropical medicine, and there's an advanced course for those experienced clinicians who are seeking to update their skills and knowledges about aspects of tropical medicine. Courses are held at the Institute in Peru, and the faculty teaching there originate from UAB and from universities around the world, including from Lima, the University of Texas Medical Branch, the Imperial College of London, McGill University in Canada, to name just a few of them. Participants in the UAB Gorgas course have learning opportunities with a wide spectrum of tropical diseases, including rabies, malaria, cholera, and yellow fever, and graduates of the course are now located around the globe, and many of the alumni are in key leadership and administrative roles within many institutions. So before we end, could you talk a bit about UAB archives? Where are you located and what sorts of resources are available to UAB faculty and students? And how would someone get in touch with you if they want to learn more, not only about the Alabama UAB connection with Panama, but other historical events tied to UAB? Well, uh, the UAB Archives is the official repository for the university, so we document the history of UAB and all of its many components. We also preserve historical material about the health sciences in Alabama and, uh, to some extent, in the South. But the repository is more than just health science related. We also have collections documenting the arts and entertainment, athletics, the history of live theater in Alabama, Birmingham history, and more broadly, some Alabama history, and a recently donated collection on LGBTQ history. Uh, we have office files, letters, memos, diaries, microfilm, uh, over 100,000 photographs uh, currently in our collection. We also collect UAB publications and UAB-related three-dimensional objects and ephemera. The archives is actually located on the third floor at the Lister Hill Library building, and we're open for research by appointment to UAB faculty, staff, and students, and to the general public. Lists of our collections and information on the UAB archives, including contact information, may be found at www.uab.edu archives. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It has been fascinating to learn about UAB and Alabama's connection with Panama. It certainly has been informative for me, and I know it will be for our subscribers and listeners. Well, you're welcome, and again, thanks for the invitation. And thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plug-In. <laughs>